Hey, how's it going? Uh, I picked a really lousy time to go for a bit of exercise. Uh, it's about, what's the time here? About, it's about 10 past 10 at night. 22.10 in the New English. <clears throat> I thought, yeah, I was sort of working from home during lockdown. thought it was worth going for a, a little bit of a stroll. It's some of the most violent wind... <laughs> I've experienced in my life this evening. I just walked about a block or two from the house. It's one of only, I think, four times in, since I started uh, being a hat guy again, where the wind was sufficient to actually knock the hat off my head and blow it down the street. So I was running down, chasing this thing as it sort of billowed rather sarcastically on the ground. Ah... So why am I out here? Well, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I need to. I, it's, it's strange. Like, it's every fiber in my being says that this weather is just so ridiculous and the wind chill is so extreme. There's snow up in the Blue Mountains, not that far from here. Uh, just when we thought sort of uh, summer was approaching, or at least uh, spring. Had a couple of really quite warm days over the last couple of weeks. And then, out of the blue, this comes up. So yeah, you would think that this would be the last place I would want to be. And realistically, you're you're probably right. I don't know, it's just, I need to... When you're stuck at home for months at a time, um, I find that going on evening walks is among the safer times of the day that you can go out. Especially in this sort of reality that we're facing. And yeah, so now I'm sort of faced with this prospect that I found this little shelter near this apartment building that I'm sort of standing at. And I don't know if you can hear that wind. It it is insane. Like there are lamp posts moving around in front of me. And the apartment building that I live in is just a block or two away down the street. But I'm just, I'm a bit scared (laughs) about leaving this relatively... uh, safe little nook that I've found myself. Should I sort of wait for this to die down? And in fact, the worst thing I could be doing is recording one of these, because if you, if you, if you want to talk about bad audio quality, how about gale force winds blowing into the microphone? Ugh. Oh, crazy. Yeah, it, um, sort of changing... Uh, gears a little bit while I sort of wait here and, and mull my options. Um, Claire and I have been making our way through the uh, latest Hololive English generation on YouTube. Uh, and what, what's their uh, the council? For those of you who don't know what Hololive is, it's essentially um, cute anime character style people, essentially puppets. Um, and there are special cameras involved where someone can sort of sit there and the this anime graphic mimics a person's movement. And, and it is kind of a bit limited, but I guess the idea is it's sort of a living avatar of a person. It's very bizarre. Like, it, it took me quite a while to get into this stuff, and it kind of happened by accident, as, as so many of these things do. Uh, if it's, I think it's the kind of thing you either get it or you don't, and I actually completely empathise with people who don't get it, <laughs> because on on the, on the face of it, it is so absurd. Get it on the face of it, because it's their faces that. <clears throat> so yeah, the, the second generation came out, and they're all just 
they're all just amazing in their own ways. What's particularly amazing, though, I haven't caught up with all of them yet, but I just watched um, uh, Sana's one, and she's when she broke out that Australian accent, oh, mate! <laughs> oh, it was spectacular. I just, I don't know, like, it's, it's hard to describe, but Australians have a very specific sort of deadpan way of telling jokes and it's it's to do with the timing it's the fact that she would tell a joke with a straight face and then her eyes would light up and her mouth would open and go huh and she would just have this this pause for a second or two and then just keep going <laughs> oh so good oh. i've really like claire and i've been trying really hard to think through this like the last couple of years have been pretty rough i think for everyone um Certainly, if we were to grade how people have been affected by this, I would say that she and I are fortunate enough to have fallen on the side of you know, still having a, a job and a roof over our head and food and our health and access to vaccines and things. In the grand scheme of things, we're doing all right. But it is sort of, for an extended period of time, it's just the tedium of it all. And, and it is kind of sad that we, you know, we'd... Um, saved all this money and we'd sort of lived frugally for years so that we could keep going on trips like holidays like overseas trips was pretty much the thing that made us happy and not being able to do that um it, it kind of sucks it, it i know it's it's it, it comes across more indulgent than i mean it to be although it probably still is but it's sad so we're sort of trying to think of ways to um occupy those evening downtimes when we um, we don't necessarily want to be thinking about work or productive things and a few things have just stepped up to the plate in the last 18 months which have just you know what I would say saved our lives in a sort of a metaphorical sense um, one of the things that my dad always used to say which has stuck with me is he said that the uh, the most tiring thing that you can do is nothing and that's really stuck with me. I mean, he was referring to it in the context of bus trips. You know, there's long, long car trips, long bus trips, interstate kind of things. He was telling me years ago, he was on a, I think he was on a business trip in um, Thailand, I think it was. So when we were based out of Singapore, and so he used to, like his area of expertise, or sorry, his domain, I should say, was Asia Pacific and Latin America. So he used to go around... Um, huge swaths of Asia from, from the, um, the Middle East across to Japan and then down to uh, Colombia, Costa Rica, um, those sort of places in South America. Really saw a large chunk of the world and hopefully, <laughs> I kind of hope that one day I can do something like that. But yeah, he said he was on this trip to um, this sort of northern part of Thailand and there was a, a decent chunk of it that had to be done by bus and he said those hours of sitting there he said wow it's he's kind of gave him a bit of perspective because throughout the whole of his sort of life as a father he had always been the driver and he said yeah it's much more interesting when you're the driver compared to when you're the passenger especially for long periods and he he said yeah you get off a bus after how many hours on it and you're just exhausted and you think about it it makes no sense you would think that sitting at home, working remote, or sitting at home, um, uh, or sitting on a bus, I should say, 
would be a perfect example of, well, you're conserving energy, right? So you should actually be more energetic. And yeah, the reality is there's nothing like that at all. You actually end up in a situation where I guess it's just fatigue of a different kind. Uh, this this wind really does not look like it wants to go anywhere anytime soon. Well, actually, it's the, that's the problem. It's going too fast in too many directions, it feels like. I just, I've never seen it this intense before. It's just crazy. Like, I don't know. Oh, you just heard that. So one of the lampposts over there just hit the side of the building. And it made that loud crack sound, like that metal on concrete sound. Good grief. Uh... <laughs> The warning bells should have been sort of ringing in my head the moment I stepped out of the uh, the lift downstairs in our apartment building, saying, "Yeah, you probably just should turn around and go back inside." But I'm just I'm so frustrated of being stuck indoors. Um, the way I had got around it for a while was sitting out on the balcony, and Clara thought I was a little bit mad, and she was right to think so, but. Even sort of in the depths of winter, I had a whole setup out there. I'd have a thermos full of tea. Uh, I had a big, thick outdoor blanket that I'd drape over myself. And I have a few layers of uh, jumpers and scarves and hats and um, some fluffy, thick uh, slippers and things. And I'd sit out there on the balcony in frigidly cold weather with my laptop typing away, gradually losing feeling in my fingers. Just because I couldn't, I can't... I don't know what it is, but mentally, if I get out of bed, have a shower, and sit in at, at my desk in a one-bedroom apartment, it's just, I, I just, it's not that I don't seem to wake up, but just mentally, I never quite check in. Whereas if I sit outside in the fresh air, as cold as it may be, it's, uh, it's just not a problem. Probably another thing I miss a lot about Singapore, it didn't, didn't matter the time of year, it was always, you would wake up at 9.30 in the morning and it would already be, well, sorry, you get up a lot earlier than that, but you say you start your day at 9.30 or 8.30 and you sit out there and it's just, it's warm and it's pleasant and even if it's absolutely pissing down with rain like it is now, or there are gale force winds, it's still warm. Like, it's not, it's never miserable. That's the thing that I guess that, that gets me. Um, yeah, as much as I, you know, find that the, the, the imagery of um, parts of North America really appealing. Like, I, I, I used to joke that I'd love to have a holiday home up in the mountains of Montana somewhere. Or maybe the, the, the Rockies in Canada. Like, the, with those pine trees and things. That, that, I mean, it just looks spectacular. Um, I just don't think the, the, the climate would be conducive to my happiness. Maybe for a week or so. It was, it was actually a really, it was a kind of a fun chat that we were having on, um, on uh, the bird site recently. Someone was asking me, I don't know how we got onto the subject, but we were talking about if you had sort of won the lottery, and it would need to be a serious lottery to do something like this. Um, what, wow, this wind, where would you uh, get a, a dream home, or if you could have a few different places? So he was talking about how he'd love to have a, a cute little apartment in Paris. I think he said the north of Italy somewhere. And uh, do, 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 I can't forget whether the, the other place he mentioned. 
Uh, oh, yes, I remember. It was a tweet someone had shared about a, um, a residential area in Tokyo, and he was talking about how much he, he loved um, traveling around there. So, yeah, that was it. He said, cute apartment in Paris, a cute apartment in Tokyo somewhere, and a nice house in a rural area of northern Italy. Um, excellent taste. Yeah, it kind of got me thinking. I, I, I think for Australia, I would love to have a, a little place in Adelaide somewhere. Up in the Adelaide Hills near Handorf seems especially nice. I have been missing Adelaide a lot lately. It's probably my favourite city in um, Australia by far. It's just, it's the... I could see myself if I had like a base in Singapore or Hong Kong. Um, although Hong Kong, unfortunately, is looking less tenable these days. And then your base in Australia would be somewhere like Adelaide. It would just be such a complete 180. You know, it's just... Adelaide's just such a chill place. Um, in all the right ways. But it still has all the modern amenities and things that you would expect of a big city. So it's... I just... Yeah, it's, it's perfect. So somewhere around there would be nice. Um, I love somewhere in the Kansai region of Japan. I don't care if it's Kyoto, I don't care if it's Osaka or Kobe, just somewhere around there, because it's all just, it's so easy to commute to all of those places. Realistically, I think I would love to have a little place in uh, Kyoto, but I think from a practicality standpoint, maybe Osaka would be the best bet, because you're kind of smack dam in the middle of it, um, and then you could travel around that area. I just... Don't get me wrong, I think Tokyo's easily in my top 10 favourite cities I've ever travelled to, and if I had the opportunity to go there today, I would drop everything and just and just go, right, if it was um, safe to do so. It's a pretty big rider these days, isn't it? But, oh, Osaka, everything from their specific dialect and accent that they have there, like their exclamations and things... It's to the, to the, uh, I feel like the, I know, it's just the general attitude over there, like, uh, everyone's very polite in Tokyo, but I feel like people are, sl it's hard to describe, but it's sort of, maybe not warmer, but, um, maybe it is a bit more of that chill factor. It, Osaka tends to, um, I guess it manifests in different ways, but maybe because they're not the center of modern Japanese society, they just, the way people conduct themselves and view, view the world and stuff, it's, it's hard to um, explain, but it manifests in a few ways, and it's just, ooh, it's, <laughs> someone from Kyoto, uh, from uh, Tokyo just throwing wind at me, let's try and go back to this little ho hovel that I've got here, hovel, shovel, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm stuck in this place still. <laughs> this little thing behind this other apartment building, this alcove. Yeah, so somewhere around there would be nice. Um, I would love, 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 love to have an apartment in New York. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even really especially have a preference for where. Maybe in the, the sort of the... Um, the, the up-and-coming bohemian area of uh, Brooklyn across the bridge. That'd be kind of cool. Like, uh, there was this one bit there just across from Manhattan that had all of the, these cool coffee shops and things and a, a lot of sort of refurbished old warehouses and stuff. That would be so cool. 
Um, or if I really made it big, an, a, an apartment in a nice part of Manhattan would be very nice. Maybe not the sort of the financial district or something, but somewhere around Midtown, that, that there's just... I, I think I could just lose myself going to those museums. I don't think I would ever tire of it. There's just too much to do over there. Um, and the advantage of New York is you're kind of in the center of that whole region. So I could nip up to Boston. I could go down to um, uh, Philadelphia to see Frank and Esther and uh, Beta. Just, oh, it'd be so good. I also, I'm not sure if I if I necessarily want like a, a, a place um, uh, to live around there specifically. But um, even... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think there was a, a specific like area or something near um, uh, I, keep, I keep blanking on the name it doesn't matter there, there's an area around San Francisco that um, I stayed with my boss when I was working out of, out, um, out that way a couple of years ago um, for the company I still work at uh, actually but yeah he, he transferred me over there for a few months to uh, work with some of the US team on some projects and stuff. A lot of fun, and uh, I wish I could remember the name of the area, but um, yeah, having an apartment around there. See, I tend to be picking places that <laughs> it's just really expensive, but I guess if you've won the lottery, who gives a rat's ass? Yeah, probably, I, I think realistically, I'd love for my base of operations in North America to be New York, I guess. If I wanted to go to San Francisco and visit people or um, go to Phoenix. I've got friends over there um, in Arizona. Yeah, that'd be cool. Gee, where else? Uh, I think if if I was if I was going to have a place in Europe, I think w what would be amazing would be some uh, probably it'd be a tough call between I think Munich or Dublin. Dublin, just because. I mean, Ireland, I think, is one of the most jaw-droppingly stunning places in the world. My dad was sort of saying that in terms of natural beauty, the only place in the world that gave, uh, that sort of competed with Ireland was Canada. He just said it just, it just, wow. The, the Ring of Kerry that we drove around would have been 10 years ago now, but just... It just, it had no business being that spectacular. Wow. And Dublin especially is a beautiful little place and everyone there is just unconscionably friendly. Like we kept sort of saying, is this real? <laughs> Are people really like this? Um, and then Munich is just, I mean, it's, it's uh, toy town. It's just, it is just, again, such a beautiful place. Lots of very friendly people, amazing food. Also really like Frankfurt as well, which is where my dad is from originally. Uh, I, I think it has this sort of undeserved reputation of being quite um, uh, sort of corporate and business and finance and sort of buttoned up shirts and collars and all of that sort of stuff. Like a very, very business centric sort of place. It wouldn't be the, the kind of place that you would go to as a tourist to see cultural sites and everything. And I think they're doing themselves a great disservice. Uh, Frankfurt is, has so much cool stuff. The museums and the food and the history 
uh, the architecture. It's it's great. And yeah, say, say for example, if I wanted somewhere out of Bavaria for whatever reason, I could I, I could see myself shacking up there. That'd be great. I guess the other advantage of Germany is you are pretty much smack bang in the middle of Europe, so it'd be very easy to go uh, north up to the Baltic states and across to the UK and um, down to Switzerland, Italy, uh, Slovenia. Oh, that'd just be just wow. One of the, the the trips that Clara and I had sort of been planning is um, I've I've really been fascinated for years. I guess it was when I started. Uh, reading atlases when I was a kid. I loved re- looking at maps and stuff. And I, I had it in my head that I really wanted to do like a microstate tour of Europe. So I don't know how we would do it or how we'd get there or what the process would look like. But I kind of had this idea in my head that I'd love to fly to, I suppose you would start in Greece and then go down to, so you'd go to, start in Greece, you'd fly down to Cyprus and then go from Cyprus to Malta. And then Malta across to Gibraltar. <laughs> and then Gibraltar up to Andorra. And then Andorra across to uh, Monaco. Or would you do Monaco first and then... No, no, because Andorra is on, is, is on the Spanish side. And then you go across. Go to Monaco. Up to Liechtenstein and uh, Luxembourg. Oh, and just do this like circuit of small places. I think that'd be great. Sam, I don't know where you would fit. I guess San Marino would have to be after Malta, right? You do Malta, San Marino, then go down to Gibraltar. Yeah. I wonder if there's a, a, a tour package to, <laughs> to do micro states. Well, small places. That'd be cool. Now, but why was I talking? Oh, yeah, places that you'd want to have. Yeah, so I would have, I'd love a like a a, a place in Singapore and to, to move to permanently and be my sort of home base. For Australia, I'd have a nice uh, little place in Adelaide somewhere, um, probably up in the hills of uh, near Hundorf or somewhere. Just oh, so pretty. Somewhere I'd I'd probably pick Munich, I think, in Europe, and. I think maybe a nice little spot in Osaka. That would be great. So if any of you have a spare few billion dollars or whatever it would cost to have something like that, uh, again, yeah, a nice little converted warehouse in Brooklyn uh, across from Manhattan would be, would be great. Yeah. If, if you think that you can hook me up with any of these establishments that could sell me um, an apartments of this nature and you could foot the bill I, I mean I first of all I'm very humbled and grateful for you to do that there are probably far more worthwhile causes than that but once you've got around to fixing all those things if you've got some left over yeah um, my contact details are on my website <sighs> where would you uh, end up I don't know why I ask <laughs> I ask you the dear listener to this live because I know you you uh, can't answer but no I, I find it's it's these are the kind of exercises so talking back at the start about things that have really been helping Clara and I during lockdown as trying to sort of have these pie in the sky dreams about where you would want to end up or where you'd want to go it, uh, it really I don't know in some days it's quite depressing I don't want to think about it because I can't go to these places other times I just find it really invigorating and fun to think like, what would it be like to work in, um, uh, you know, Hong Kong or, or uh, 
Dublin or somewhere like that for a period of time. I think that would just be really great. I know, I, I much of just being selfish for a moment, much of my 20s were spent dealing with uh, sort of ongoing family issues and stuff. And so now it's frustrating because I feel like now I finally got to the point where I can actually start living and actually doing things that I want to do rather than family or financial obligations. And then we go into lockdown. And uh, COVID hits, etc. It's been kind of a bummer. It's been a shame. Uh, but yeah, again, we, uh, we could be doing a lot worse, so. Yeah, so I think that that's really helped. The whole Alive Girls have helped a lot. Oh, and the other one, of course, Minecraft. I remember telling myself when that game first came out, I mean, I loved SimCity and uh, The Sims, Sim Farmer, all of that sort of genre of games. And so when Minecraft came out, I, I told myself, it's like, Ruben, we are making a social compact with ourselves right now. We are making the decision, the formal decision, that you are not going to play this game. And the reason you're not going to play this game is because we remember what happened in year 10 when you almost forgot to study for one of your exams because you were too busy playing SimCity 3000. You remember that, right? <laughs> the, you have a habit of getting sucked into these world-building things. You are not going to play Minecraft. You're going to promise me this. And I said, yes, okay, sure. Because the first sign of madness is talking to yourself and the second sign of madness is not listening to yourself. Or is it the other way around? I can't, I can't remember. So I said, yeah, not going to play it. But now that we can't go anywhere, I finally bit the bullet. And in fact, it was watching the, mine, the, the Minecraft girls, the whole live girls play it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. And building this little world with Clara has just been so much fun. We've actually, I mean, much of it is, this kind of says probably more than we mean it to, but... A lot of the buildings that we've been building in Minecraft have been buildings from Japan and Singapore that we've visited or liked a lot. So I really want to build this. There was this fairly modern um, shopping center in Osaka called Number Parks. Actually, not that far from Drumroll, Number Station. And it, it, so it was kind of this organic shaped building. So it had a lot of curves and things. And then the whole top of it was lined in trees. And there's this one very specific little um, park bench uh, at the corner there that, um, that you can go to and sort of sit there with your can of coffee. There's a vending machine there because, of course, it's Japan and they have a vending machine there. And, yeah, Claire and I went there a couple of times. Um, when we went to Osaka the first time and then we went there again the second time, we sort of sought out this little table. And it was still there, and the machine's still there. I really hope it's still there when we go back there eventually again in 30 years' time and we can all travel again. Yeah, going there, sitting there, um, having a drink, looking out at the skyline from the top of this place was just magical. So we're, we're contemplating how we're going to build that in, in Minecraft. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do, or how we're going to do that. The other thing I'm not sure of about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to get there is um, somehow the wind is getting even worse and it's probably made this whole episode entirely unlistenable. So I think I'm going to make a break for it. <laughs> if you see something uh, sort of dark brown flying past your window, that's probably my hat. <laughs> Could you catch it for me? I'd, I'd appreciate it. 